Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever the case may be. I'm Alex Vogel. Welcome to episode 73 of Unnecessary Roughness. Got a lot on tap to you today. Don't want to flap my gums for too much. Want to jump right into the incidents, issues, and opinions right here of the Anchor FM app. Thanks for joining me, folks. Uh, Twitter handles AlexUVogel9 for all questions, inquiries, or maybe you just want me to touch on a subject that you'd like to hear me uh, voice my opinion on. DM me, tweet at me, do what you got to do on the Twitter platform. Thanks for joining me. Like I said, episode 73, got a lot on tap today. Loud and proud. New platform, same crazy personality, and yes, I am nuts. On tap today, the Denver Broncos draft was epic. Uh, last Thursday, I've had a whole week to digest it, even an extra day. I usually record this on Wednesdays, but I just uh, ran out of time in the day, so I had to push it back to Thursday. Uh, recording, man, it's got, I've been doing a lot of research all week regarding my favorite football team in America, the Denver Broncos. Great NFL draft. All the experts are giving them grade, grade A, A, excuse me, grade A grades. There we go. Uh, throughout the draft. Uh, more so, the Broncos, soon after the draft, they signed a bunch of college free agents. I got a list of those. Maybe one of those teams, one of those guys can make the team for the, I don't know, what, the, the 20th year in a row where a, a college free agent makes the team. Something the Broncos like to do. It's kind of trendy. It kind of shows a little bit how the NFL draft is broken if uh, these college free agents uh, are getting draft or not getting drafted and making a team and making an impact, a la like Chris Harris or Rod Smith, just to name a couple off the top of my forehead. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, they've played 32 games. They're off today on Thursday, which is what, May the 3rd, I believe. Yes, Thursday, May 3rd. They're off today. they got another three-game series in New York before they return home back to the confines of Coors Field. And uh, at 17 and 15, i got a grade for them. Uh, where, where are they sitting at? So stay tuned for that coming up in the second segment. And, I'm, and I, I don't know. I want to also... Kind of throw in another segment here since the Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets are out. I could tie it in with the playoff updates in the NBA and the NHL. Uh, regarding the pop culture segment, I like to always... I tease it a lot, but don't actually do it. I think this time around, I'll actually give you a pop culture uh, segment regarding the Avengers and Infinity War. Uh, if you missed it... If you, if you don't, haven't heard about the spoilers, I won't spoil anything. I just got to get a good review. I, I don't know. We'll see where I go with that. But from here on out, let's just jump into the Denver Broncos draft and how they did. Obviously, we see the quotes with John Elway saying he did not see a mock draft where they were doing a Bradley Chubb, who was even available at the pick number five. Obviously, quarterbacks were hot and heavy. The team, um, other teams out there like uh, the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets, they wanted to jump on their quarterbacks. They got their guy, let alone the top running back out there going to the Giants. And even the top DB, a DB at number four, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, the pick right before the Denver Broncos, uh, it's gonna, it's Ward, Devon, Devontae Ward, or Devon Ward, who went to the Cleveland Browns, opening the pick for Bradley, for the Broncos to pick Bradley Chubb, uh, out, linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end out of North Carolina State, we already know who he is, very highly touted, it's going to be an astronaut, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be an astronaut in the orange and blue, um, 
it's just the biggest out of this world. Uh, Von Miller was very tickled. If you missed it on social media, get on his Instagram and check him out. His reaction to it was priceless. You just got to see the, the enthusiasm. That was very, um, like I said, it was epic. You, you got to love the enthusiasm. There's a lot more optimism after a lousy, bismal 5-11 season. Uh, Bradley Chubb, hey, he's going to come in and play all along that defensive front. I bet he's going to be a defensive end, obviously linebacker. Heck, maybe they even put him in the middle a little bit. Uh, nose guard, nose tackle. Do a little mid twist on him with Von Miller or something like that. I just want to see a more dynamic pass rush. Uh, they're talking about Von Miller. He's going to move during training camp just to work on his swim moves in a little bit at the defensive end position. He's pretty much mastered. Yes, he's mastered the outside position, but they're just going to move him into defensive end to work on his moves a little bit and his technique a little bit. And obviously, Von Miller draws a double team. Every play, he struggled with only 10 sacks last year. He was a marquee player, not to let him wreck your offense uh, for the opposing teams. So with Bradley Chubb, offenses are going to have to pick up the poison. Who do they not want them to beat up and beat up the quarterback or running game? Uh, do you want Bradley Chubb to double-team Bradley Chubb and free Vaughn Miller? Or obviously vice versa, double-team Vaughn Miller and let Bradley Chubb beat you. Uh, Shane Ray is kind of uh, – there's some news on that. Shane Ray just couldn't produce. He had a wrist injury. Shaq Barrett's sticking around another year. And another defensive uh, outside linebacker who is, uh, oh, where did he come from? Auburn, Jeff Holland. Keep, remember that name, Jeff Holland, who could possibly make this team if the Broncos do not trade Shane Ray. I don't know. It's just speculation out there. If you missed it like yesterday, the Broncos chose not to offer an extension to Shade Ray, this fifth-year option. He's going to possibly play in his fourth and final year in the orange and blue. It's not guaranteed yet. He could still have an outbreak year to where he makes the, you know, he maybe he has 10 sacks, 15 tackles for losses, and he's just an impact player with the, with the Broncos really neat. You know, so Bradley Chubb, the writing's on the wall a little bit. We'll see how it goes. I really love the pick. Safe pick, low risk. He's going to come in and make an impact right away is what the Broncos have been missing in previous drafts, especially the 2017 draft. Other pick, the number 40th pick, Cortland Sutton out of SMU will possibly replace Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas. He already is probably the number three wide receiver in the slot. If not the other wide receiver they picked up, the Broncos picked up at the 113th pick, Deshaun Hamilton at a Penn State University. Again, another Emmanuel Sanders Demarius Thomas replacement in the 2019-2020 seasons. We don't know yet. Uh, both the veteran receivers on the team now, Emmanuel and DT, they're getting a little long of the tooth. I mean, you get to man. I think DT is going into his eighth season in the NFL, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders going into I want to say his seventh or eighth as well. You know, so those guys, like I said, getting a little long in the tooth. Want to have some fresh young legs. Uh, on the wide receiving core, I love the picks. Another pick I, I really love. I just love it. I was looking at the running backs. This guy was off my grid. Royce Freeman, the running back out of Oregon, is going to compete right away. It'll probably be... I'd like to just see him come in and just be an all-star playmaker right away for the team. I do love Devontae Booker. Had two years to produce. Hasn't really done anything. D'Angelo Henderson really did not get a fair chance last year in the regular season. With obviously the veteran C.J. Anderson taking most of the reps. Uh, but I really like D'Angelo Henderson and Royce Freeman to really make an impact. Maybe a 1-2-3 punch right there. Obviously, the running back position is a running back kind of committee type of thing. You don't want to have one guy kind of uh, take all those bumps and bruises throughout the season. Uh, but I want to see Royce Freeman from Oregon. This guy's a thumper. He scores a lot of touchdowns. And quite frankly, I think he dropped 
don't know. There's just a lot of good running backs up and down the board. I really would have loved a running back from Georgia or maybe even the guy from LSU. Oh, heck, if somehow the number two pick, uh, what's his name, who went to the New York Giants, skipping the name already. It doesn't really matter. He's not a Bronco. He's a Giant. Freeman, D'Angelo Henderson, I like the one and two combination punch going into the 2018 season to really help out Case Keenum. Other picks, I mean, how could you not love it? Look at this guy. It's a Josie Jewell, uh, inside linebacker, a team captain out of Iowa. And he's a tackling machine. Again, he's possibly going to be a replacement uh, for Brandon Marshall. It's a possibility. Again, if not, he's going to compete right away in the special teams unit. Again, I just like the good character guy the Broncos have been drafting with the, with the Chubb, with the Sutton, with the, the Royce Freeman. I haven't heard much on his characteristics, but the Broncos really made it a point to draft good guys. Uh, another pick, I don't want to skip the 99th pick, a cornerback out of Boston College, the new breed, the no-fly zone, uh, an Isaac Yeldon. Um, just a 99th pick, it's got to be pretty good. The Broncos think highly, very highly of him. He's got to be a smart guy playing out of Boston College, and it's going to be uh, it's just another more to supplement last year's draft. Uh, you see what the Broncos did, who they drafted last year into this year. They weren't too keen on the draft class of last year. It wasn't very impactful players, with the exception of the first-round pick. Uh, who's the, the left tackle at Utah? I'm already slipping to this. can't think of his name. I'm just Names are not on my not on top of my head right now. I can't think of any. Who was the left tackle? Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know who he is. Number 70, Garrett Bowles. Thank you. Uh, he's probably the only good pick from last year. Except for maybe the D'Angelo Henderson, who didn't get a chance to even play. He had the best training camp. But all these other picks are like, well, we screwed up last year. Let's draft another guy at that same position with this Isaac Yeldum. Let's see how he comes. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, there was a tight end pulled at the 156th pick. A Troy Fumagalli, a solid blocker with the Virgil Green, is gone. He went to San Diego, got signed by San Diego. Virgil Green couldn't do anything. He didn't produce anything. Might have caught one or two touchdown passes the last five years here in the Bronco land. And he just wasn't, didn't really produce anything. It's a production type of league. If you're not a producer, always chauffeur them out the door and bringing in some new young money talent for this team. Give some more playmakers to this offense, which is obviously in desperate need of something last year. It's just bad. Troy Fugamali along with a Jake Butt that could put in a double tight end type of unit, either jam it, ram the ball down the throat, or do a little play action, and, you know, and get the, catch the linebackers off guard a little bit. Uh, another pick, I, I just love every pick on here. This guy named Sam Jones, an offensive lineman from Arizona State University, who is a Denver product, more specifically a Highlands Ranch product out of Thunder Ridge. I live literally a football throw away from Thunder Ridge. Uh, my little cousin, Alex, went to high school with this guy. Uh, obviously, my cousin Alex was a couple years younger than this guy, but he's seen Sam Jones in the high school. He's just a big, massive football player. He called him, yeah, he's always hanging out with the jocks. My cousin Alex is quoted as saying. And uh, it's cool to see him, uh, a local guy, being drafted by the hometown pro team. Let's see him make an impact. Come in, make an impact, be a add depth to that uh, offensive line. If not, come in, make an impact as a starter. Cool pick. Really, it's just another big, nasty name, Sam Jones. A couple other picks here, real quick here. Um, Keyshawn Biera, a linebacker out of Washington. I see him contributing right away on special teams. Obviously, a couple of uh, departures uh, with a Cody Latimer. 
And uh, Dexter, uh, Mr. Fowler, can't remember his first name, uh, Fowler. A couple special teams guys, especially with Bruton, retired a couple years ago. Looking for some more leaders uh, and captains on the special team side. So they got to draft some guys who may not make an impact on offense or defense, but can come in right away in that third element of football, make an impact right away. On the special teams, a Keyshawn Vieira, linebacker out of Washington's. The last pick, the 226th pick the Broncos picked up, was a David Williams. He's a running back out of Arkansas. Seaboard depth, possibly another uh, special teams contributor. It's going to be a struggle to make the team. I really like the, the three main backs, running backs. Like I said, Freeman, Henderson, and Booker. But they brought another guy from more spring in competition. You know, if you're not here to produce, well, the Broncos are not scared to show you, chauffeur you out the door, a la cut your ass, and uh, move on to the next spirit of play. Uh, free agents, uh, college free agents that the Broncos have picked up. Uh, the free agent, Philip Lindsay, the running back at a CU. So there's already one, two, three brand new running backs in that uh, in the meeting room for the running backs on that. Uh, the Broncos are not, not not happy with CJ. They're they're sad to see him go. He's a good kicking and screaming guy, but the production level was just not there. Obviously, with the trend in the NFL, you see the Ezekiel Elliott, you see the Todd Gurley, you see um uh, who am I missing? Who's that guy from Kansas City? Lacream Hunt. There's those type of players that come in right away, make playmakers right away. That it seems like the years past, the NFL was devaluing the running back position, but now the last two years. It's really starting to value that position right back up there. You just kind of see these waves of how the NFL kind of comes and goes. Usually it's the big spread, the run-pass option, uh, but a solid running game. you got to have a solid running game. And Coach Vance Joseph has said it himself. They want to be a predominantly running team to jam the ball down their throat. But with all the drafting of the the wide receivers as well as running backs, they just need more playmakers. These uh, specialty type of players need to make better plays. Uh, trying to think what else I need to mention here. I'm going to run through this list real quick. I really don't think you'll be lucky if one or two guys makes the team, but I am uh, piggybacking on another Denver personality, a Jeff Holland, a linebacker out of Auburn, 6'2", 250 pounds. This guy is a speed rusher. He's a, he's a guy that could probably come in right away. He's the Broncos have play, paid the most for at the college free agent signings. Paid him a 15 thousand dollar signing bonus to come sign over here with the broncos and jeff holland just remember that name you could possibly make the team out of the undrafted free agents there's a john dyers tcu wide receiver a leon johnson uh offensive line at a temple like i said philip Lindsay out of colorado all heart that's all i'm going to say with this guy he's 5'8 190 pounds of all heart i don't think he'll make the team but you know what to come in and compete and play some preseason games for us uh, Trey Marshall, defensive back at of FSU. I like an Austin, oh, jeez, I'm going to butcher this name, a Skolopman, offensive lineman, TCU. TCU had a really good season. I like picking teams, picking players off of teams who uh, had quality wins last year. I mean, the last couple of years, TCU, it wasn't for the competition they were playing. They could be in the BCU, the BCS championship, excuse me. You know, somewhere in the Final Four, getting in there. TCU is a good quality school. Good, lots of wins there. Another team, Eastern Carolina, East Carolina, got a Jimmy Williams. Bring him on into camp. Another guy, a Noel Lutiali, nose tackle out of Utah. Broncos, 
have filled out their full 90-man roster of votes for the OTAs to rest out to the season until training camp. And uh, unless some sort of roster moves are made, this is pretty much it, the 90-guy limit that the Broncos are going into training camp with and the OTAs the rest of the way. Uh, so I, I got to like it. Uh, it's uh, only four more, four more months away from Broncos training camp football season. But the big draft is kind of the big hump. There might be a few key free agent signings here and there. But you know what that? I'm going to grab a glass of water. My throat is very perched right now. I'm going to shut down this first segment, open up the second segment of what I think the Broncos need to do with their 2018 schedule. I touched on it last week. I've thought about it. I've confirmed an opinion. I got notes on each in game. I'm going to tell you what they're I'm going to tell you what I think the Broncos will finish next year. Um with their 2018 schedule. I'm Alex Vogel. Check me out on Twitter, AlexUVogel9. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you just share with all your friends the mile high personality of Alex Vogel, a.k.a. DJ Axe. Is, um, I'll be back to you momentarily after this. Thanks for kicking back. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, segment number two of Unnecessary Roughness right here on the Anchor FM platform. Uh, great product. I love, uh, just try just trying this out for a couple times. If I like it, if I get a lot more viewers, pick up some momentum, I'm going to stick with it. If not, I'll go back to the old platform of uh, Elevation5280sports.com. Uh, thanks for following me on Twitter, AlexUVogel9, all things Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. Uh, I teased you before the, before the end of the last segment, I wanted to touch on it came out two weeks ago, the 2018 Denver Broncos schedule. I've thought about it for two weeks. I've looked at it. I've thought about it, yada, yada, yada. And I came up with a final prediction of either 11 and 5 or 10 and 6. Yes, I always have and I always will have my on my orange and blue Denver Broncos sunglasses on. I'm always an internal optimist. I always think the sky's the limit. I think the Broncos will win the Super Bowl every year for the next 5 million years, uh, up into infinity and beyond. Am I right? No, but seriously, here we go. Uh, Broncos open up a double home game against Seattle and Oakland. Two wins there. The Broncos must regulate at home. Just get off to a good week. The September 9th game, the season opener, my birthday at that. So send your gifts, your tickets to me before the game would be great. And a huge win for the Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks, who are kind of in rebuild mode. They're, they're trying to trade. They got rid of... Um, Richard Sherman, they're trying to trade their big free, uh, their big solid um, safety. I can't think of the darn name. He's, I think he just went to the Dallas Cowboys. So they're going with the youth movement. Uh, Pete Carroll really treats the Seattle Seahawks like a college team, and uh, it's really kind of getting the new generation of players there. And then obviously the week after that, the Oakland Raiders come into the Mile High City. It's Raiders week. So beat them up. And bottom line, Jeff Gruden is butchering that team, that whatever they were building up there in Oakland. They just hit the re reset button on that team every three to four years. They get something going, and they screw it all up by bringing another coach in. Uh, John Gruden, he's outdated coach. He won a Super Bowl with somebody else's team, a Tony Dungy-built team. And it's, I, I think the, Oakland is just that, a jokeland. Uh, the first loss of the year, so two wins in the beginning. The second, the first loss will be at Baltimore, uh, September 23rd, East Coast trip, never easy. The fourth game on Monday night, the Broncos will have eight days to prepare against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I got that as a win. 
They got Mahomes, the, the new quarterback. So there's going to be a, some three games of game tape on how to defend this guy and take away his strengths. Okay, so I like that. The Patrick Mahomes quarterback, I think the Broncos, with our vaunted pass rush again, it's going to tee off on that cloud and really put his head in the dirt. Uh, so I got the Broncos first month, 3-1. and one. Uh, Next game after that, uh, October 7th, the New York Jets will be uh, the Broncos go to another East Coast trip. J-E-T-S, suck, suck, suck. The Jets stink. Okay, so I got a nice big W right there. Broncos at forward one. And then they got a home game against the L.A. Rams with the Tlaib and Wade Bowl here back in the Mile High City, the L.A. Rams. That's my L. I got an L there for some reason. But, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with that one. But I just think that Rams will be a tough team. Got Jared Goff and just the team that was in the playoffs last year. But let's be honest. The L.A. Rams surprised a lot of teams. They kind of snuck up on a lot of teams. And I think they're not they're not going to be as good. I think they'll be solid and competitive, but I don't think they're going to be the uh, I don't think they're going to be the world beaters as they were last year, sneaking up on everybody. We're going to see if they're for real or not, especially in the 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 one third point of the year. But I do have an L for the LA Rams at home at the Mile High City. I know a quick short week. They travel to Arizona on a Thursday night. Well, I got a win there, going to Arizona, bounce back there. And, they took an L in Denver. They bounce back and take a, get a W at Arizona. Then they have a 10-game break uh, to prepare again for the Kansas City Chefs on Halloween week at that. They go to Kansas City. I do like the 10 games to prepare, but I do have an L on the road against Kansas City. Split against Kansas City. Uh, then from there, I got the Broncos getting a win and a scary game before the bye week comes up against the Houston Texans at home. Uh, then after that, the Broncos got a bye week on the 11-11. Got a bye week there. Gives them two weeks to prepare for the L.A. Chargers. I love that because I, like I, like, I like a good time to prepare for those most important games, which are the divisional foes. And I think it's key that the Broncos must dominate the divisional foes, and especially when they get two weeks to prepare for them or 10 days to prepare for them or even eight days to prepare for them. So I love that. Chargers were the hottest team going in, going out, you know, going into the end of the season last year. So I got a win there in LA. Then I got the go come back at home. They take on for Turkey Week. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a win there. I don't think they're as hot as they were last year. And then I I I, I had to throw some lap losses in there somehow, some way. They go on the road. They start of December, December second at Kansas at Cincinnati. Excuse me. I got that as a trap game after a big win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. For somehow, some reason, I think they go to Cincinnati and they take an L. It's a trap game for the Broncos. And then the week after that, they travel to San Francisco, a top team in the NFC. I really like building up a big old monster there in San Francisco. I think that's another L. So back-to-back L's in the month of December there. But for the rest of the season, they got Cleveland, Oakland, and the Chargers. Cleveland on a Saturday. I like that a win right there. You a Monday night game on Christmas Eve at Oakland. I got a win right there on Christmas Eve. And the final game, the finish strong, dominate those division foes with beating Oakland and beating the L.A. Chargers. And I got one, two, three, four, five losses. The reciprocal of that, 11 wins, five losses for the Broncos. Give or take, maybe even, heck, maybe even only 10 wins and six losses. I like a good bounce back year. This is kind of a softer schedule. There's only one, 
to three opponents from last year that were in the playoffs that the Broncos will be facing. That's the Chiefs, the the Steelers, and the L.A. Rams. There's only teams that were in the playoffs last year. So I really think uh, it's kind of a softer schedule. Obviously, obviously it's a last-place schedule, and there's only three national televised games, the Monday night games and the Saturday night games. There's no Sunday night games on there. Not that I've noticed, but I do believe possibly there will be some flex games if the Broncos are playing very strong. So with that said, 11-5, 10-6, somewhere around there. I like the Broncos either winning the division or maybe pulling a wild card, punching their ticket, moving on further into the playoffs of 2018. But with that said, stick a fork in the Broncos. still the offseason. There's been a lot going on. You know how the NFL is. It's always a 24-7, around-the-clock type of a beast, if you will. So I'm going to stop that, pull the plug on that, turn my attention to the purple pinstripers for the Rock Talk. The Colorado Rockies will have played 32 games. Uh, and let's face it, they had a big win yesterday in Chicago, winning the series two games to one, they had put up 11 runs. 11 to two was their victory, where uh, Nolan Arenado knocked out two home runs. Got another one from oh, I don't even remember who the heck they got another one. I, I saw it, I should have wrote it down, but I didn't. The Rockies are leading the Major League Baseball in home runs on the road. On the road, go figure that they're dominating home, home runs on the road, and they really haven't had a whole lot of success at home because they really haven't played a whole lot of games at home to be honest with you they played a grip a whole lot of games on the road and today is thursday may 3rd as i record this where the brockies have the day off to travel to new york to take on the new york mets on friday saturday and sunday and quite frankly pull another two out of three from the mets take another day off on Monday, they come home against the LA Angels for two games and then four games against the Milwaukee Brewers, who's a tough team. I uh, just want to see this team just keep winning series. I'm not really worried about sweeps. Just keep taking two out of three or maybe even three out of four. Just stay in the win calm. Get more wins than you do losses. It's very simple. Uh, but the biggest issue I've had with this team, except for the exception of yesterday in Chicago, is the Rockies' bats have been pretty lousy. I mean, check out the stat that will make your brains fall out of your skull. Literally. Uh, the Rockies have hit only uh, three... How many runs have they got? I wrote it down. The Rockies are averaging 3.9 runs per game altogether and only 3.4 on the road. And it's very abysmal, but like I said, the Rockies did have a big outbreak with 11-2 to slacking at the Cubs yesterday and taking the series win, I already mentioned. Uh, like I said, and the two home runs for Nolan Arenado. I think a lot of that came from, it stemmed from the taunting of, uh, what's his name, rookie outfielder Noel Shuvas. They put him on a coffee run in Chicago in Wrigley Field, to tell them to go across the street, get about 20 orders of coffee, and bring it back to the team. And I really like that. That kind of taunting, that hazing, if you will, of the young guys coming into the big leagues. I bet you that had Nolan Arenado's name all over it. He's like, hey, dude, because he's a Golden Glove winner, four-time Golden Glove winner, silver slugger. Nolan Arenado's a leader. He puts up, you know, and he he demands greatness from his team. You know, he, he he's a good leader. With his example, by leading by example, and a good leader vocally, and a good leader by just 
telling the young guys, having fun, keeping the guys loose. They're having a hard time connecting and hitting the ball. Go out there and get everybody some coffee. Wake everybody up to come in and kick some butt here at home and you know get a nice win in Chicago. You know, a very formidable team. Chicago's no slouch, okay? And the Rockies, they're no slouch either. They're just a little slow starters. But look at the bright side. For the month of April, they're pretty much finished. We've got a little bit of March in there, a little bit of May in there. 17 and 15. I give the Rockies a B minus. That's like a, I'll give them an 80% so far. They haven't tanked like they have done in many, many, many years past. Just totally blow, screw up the month of April. They got their heads above water. You know, you think sometime in the middle of the summer, you know, maybe around June and July into August, obviously the dog days of summer, when maybe this team can get hot, you know, on a 10, 20 game winning streak to really get hot. And those pitching arms really get going as well as the bats. You know, uh, to be honest with you, look at the division. The Rockies are roughly five and a half games behind the first place Arizona Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks... They're the best team, one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best of the team in baseball. They are right now the best team in the National League West with the Colorado Rockies in second place in the NL West. Uh, so it's a long way to go. I'm going to give another review, give them a good grade uh, coming up after they hit the 50, 50 game mark. That's a plenty sample size to see what this team is. They got another, let's say up to 32, uh, minus 50. Got another 18 games to go. See how this team, the next two week really, next two to three weeks really comes down to the stretch, uh, down the Memorial Day uh, weekend. Is this team really going to be for real? Are they going to be in playoff contention? We're going to find out in the next couple weeks where, more closely, where the heck this team is. I know I've been saying that, but you know it's such a long season. It's hard to predict. You got to get a good sample of what this team really is doing. Again, real quick, the schedule is Rockies are off on Thursday. They fly to, they're out to New York to take on the Mets for a three-game series. Off on Monday, come back home to take on the LA Angels interleague game. That might, that might be a fun game to go to. I always like those inter, uh, interleague uh, games. And then a four-game series versus the Milwaukee Brewers, who is Milwaukee's no slouchers. It's a tough team. So I kind of talked about the, you know, the struggling issues, uh, generating runs in general, but I like how the the Rockies answered the bell, especially Nolan Arenado hitting two home runs, beating the heck out of the Chicago Cubs 11-2 yesterday. And really, I just like that looseness. You know, I mean, just keep keep that momentum going. A nice 11 game, get on a nice winning streak here, and see where this thing goes on here on from there, uh, Rockies fans. But okay. Well, there's not much a whole lot to really talk about here. Let's see a few other notes I put on here. Uh, like I mentioned, the team hasn't tanked yet. The Rockies have snapped a three to one win. With a three one win, they snapped the Cubs' five game winning streak. Uh, the middle game, the second game of that series, and you know the Purple Pinstripers are just doing work. But I do think they play a little better on the road, even though their stats don't show that, than they do at home for some reason because they're pitching. Pitching wins championships. Pitching wins ball games. Keep pitching well. Everything will come together as long as the bats are connected. Oh, there's a lot going on there. Uh, not really, really didn't, I said a whole lot, but I really didn't say anything at all. But it's very necessary right here on Unnecessary Roughness, right here on the Anchor app. Thanks for following me on Twitter if you haven't done so already. Alex Uvogel9 is the moniker, is the at A L E X U V O G E L 9. 9 because, hey, that's my favorite lucky number. What can I say? Uh, top it all off. I'm going to 
put a big old shiny holiday fork in this segment like I do a holiday turkey and come back to you with the NBA and NHL playoff update as well as I'm going to give you a quick little fast review of my, re my review of the Avengers, the Infinity War, and I won't spoil it at the end what happens, but I'm, been, I'm just obsessed. I saw it twice, and already the week it came out. Great movie. I definitely recommend go seeing it. I'm going to talk about that next, right here on Unnecessary Roughness. Thanks for kicking back. Hey guys, welcome back to the third and final segment of Unnecessary Roughness right here on the Anchor app. Uh, you can connect with that here on my Twitter handle, AlexUVogel9. All things Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. But unfortunately, the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets are all done. Their, their seasons are over. Obviously, it ended about a couple, uh, couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I'll give you, still give you a quick update. Still got to mention it. Uh, the semi, uh, the NBA playoff update and the Western semis. Yeah, Golden State is up two games to nothing over the New Orleans Pelicans, which I kind of saw that coming. Golden State is just too darn good and just unstoppable. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, who's going to stop the formal champion from last year, 2017. Who's going to beat them up? Who's going to knock them off their perch? Uh, also, the other series in the Western semifinals is the Houston and Utah. Utah tied up the, the series. I thought Houston was going to run away all the way to the Western Conference Finals, but they're not. Utah, hey, they're uh, they're a player. You know, they came to compete a little bit. Maybe Houston was tanking uh, the Utah Jazz a little lightly, but that series is tied at one apiece. I still think um, Harden, James Harden, is going to be the the league MVP. Mr. Beard is just—he's just so darn good. I love his style, his flair. Along with when he hits the bench, you got Chris Paul hitting dimes left and right. You know, swish splash city down in there in H Town. Uh, but I do like Golden State and Houston and the Western Conference Finals, which I predicted that four months ago on the show. If you guys pay attention at all, uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals, we got Boston one game up over Philly, one game to nothing. I predicted that. I think Boston, I think maybe Philly will get one game, maybe push it to six. I doubt it. I do see Philly just building up another empire after all the tanking they did a year or two ago for the top picks in the draft. It's paying dividends. It's working. But it is the Eastern Conference of the NBA. Not all that strong, but I do like Philly, what they're building out there out east. Boston, one game over Philly right now. Game two is tonight, I believe, Thursday night, if I believe my schedule correctly. Uh, the other game, the other series in the Eastern semifinals is Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. Cleveland has won seven straight playoff games over the Toronto Raptors, and right now they lead that series one game to nothing. LeBron James is willing his team to the next round of the playoffs. It took him seven games to get past the Indiana Pacers uh, last week on last Sunday, but I just love King James. He's just a, he's clutch and he's, he's a great defender. He's a great shooter. He can slam Duncan. He's got power. He's got skill. He's everything you want. He is probably one of the best players to ever see it watch in modern day basketball. I love his game. LeBron James, I'm pulling for you, but I think it's going to be Cleveland and Boston in the East Eastern conference finals. And I pretty much called it. I mean, I don't even know why they bother even playing all this basketball game. Oh, I do. I know why. They went. They want to make all that money, all that revenue. But it's really just the same flat four teams that you predicted at the start of the season. That are that for it's all. It's all paper. It's all chalk. You know, we we predicted it. It's happening. Moving on. 
Uh, and the National Hockey League playoff updates, uh, it's kind of surprising. you got the Winnipeg Jets are up or over two games to one over the Nashville Predators, and they just beat the heck out of the Predators four to, four to seven. I had to double-check. Double Am I reading that? Seven games, uh, seven goals in a game, and these are playoff t- these are playoff tested teams, uh, especially the Nashville Predators. Where's their defense at? Is the Wash as the Winnipeg Jets that good? Holy cow! Uh, and then obviously the 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 Vegas Golden Knights are up two games to one over the San Jose Sharks. I like Vegas punching their ticket to their Western Conference Finals, and I choose. Still up in the air. I think the Nashville Predators will go to seven games in the Winnipeg Jets. That's gonna go. That's a game I just see going to seven games. Nashville is not an easy game. Not an easy team to knock out. Just playoff tested. When the going gets tough, Nashville gets going. The Preds get going. Uh, on the Eastern Conference side, the Eastern Semi Conference, got Tampa Bay is even with Boston. The Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins won a piece. Their series is tied. For some reason, I like Tampa Bay in that series. And then the other game, we got the Washington is up over the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Washington Capitals are over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two games to one. So give me... Oh, I do like... Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Give me the Washington Capitals as well in that game. Still a long way to go. But, dude, Vegas... They're just hot, right? An expansion team. Even though they kind of uh, cheated, took all the best players from other teams onto their own squad. Uh, I don't know what to expect. These playoffs are just crazy. It's unpredictable. It's fun, except for the NBA. Am I right? Okay. With that said, like I said, I'm making this segment short and sweet. I got my two cents because my two cents are always free here on Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, regarding... The Marvel Universe, the comic book Marvel Universe, uh, Avengers 3, Infinity War. If you guys have missed it, you're missing out on something good and epic because it's just a fun show. It's just a fun movie all around. I've seen it twice already. I, I'm on the line. I'm reading comic books uh, that I thought I'd never be read. I never thought I'd be into comic books as much as I am uh, just to kind of get what's going on, what's going to happen. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. Because it's, it's only been out a week. I'll give it a couple more weeks before I talk about more more detail. But uh, it's just a fun, smart, witty movie. The interactions between Thor and Groot and Rocket Raccoon. It's just funny. It was so funny, smartly written. And we care and love about these characters so much for a bunch of freaking comic books. That when, when something happens to them, we, we cry about it. We care. It's like, holy cow, what's wrong with these guys? What's going on? And to be honest with you, I'm hanging on the edge of my seat. I told you I'm looking online. What's what's the next movie coming up? We got the Ant and um, Ant-Man and Wasp coming up. That's in the Marvel Universe. Obviously, we got the big, the next coming of uh, Captain Marvel, uh, the lady superhero. It, it just keeps getting better and better. I love it. If you haven't seen it, I recommend go seeing it. I meant, told you it already. I've seen it twice already. If you're missing out, you're missing out on something good. And that's all I got to say about that. So much for a good review, huh? But it's a two and a half hour movie. It seems like the movie's only an hour and a half because you're sitting there, you're getting into it. And before you know it, it's already over. It's action packed. Again, it's funny. It's chilling. But there are twists in there. You just got to play close attention to There's a lot going on in there, but you pay Pay close attention as Thanos gathers all his Infinity Stones. Somebody leaves a curse or a hex on of it. And if you if you blink, you will miss it. It's pretty awesome. It's epic. 
check it out. It's well worth the the five dollar admission I pay, or just grab a get a girlfriend and you can see it for free, or, or something like that, if you will. You know, one way or the other. But guys, it's been fun. It's been epic. It's been real, and more importantly, it's been raw. That's right, raw. Like I like to keep it right here on unnecessary roughness. Thanks for joining me. Have a safe, calm, chlamydia-free type of week. Until next week, uh, keep it frosty. I'm Alex Vogel. Check me out on Twitter, AlexUVogel9. It's the last time I'll plug it. But thanks for joining me. Share it with your friends and family. Keep it frosty, y'all.